We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 457. This episode is brought to you by Deal Dash. Go check them out at dealdash.fm slash Bronx20. That's where you can check them out. Scott will tell you more about that later in this episode. We have baseball to talk about. You know, at, at a certain point during this whole thing, I was getting a little, you know, it was a little tiresome to get on the podcast and rehash some of the same stuff over and over again or just complain about the players and the owner's economic dispute. But hey, we have baseball to talk about, and that's exciting. That is very exciting, dude. This is, um, look, this was a long haul. You and I both, we felt it. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Uh, I, I started a new job that I was fully immersed in. You've been in flux between New York and Rhode Island and going to, uh, you know, weddings that had to be changed to uh, sizes and things for family members. It's been crazy. But now we have baseball. We made it. Uh, the Yankees are playing. And we, well, look, we talked about first, the, the first game. Um, and that was cool. That was fun, right? That was a good time. Honestly, like when I'm watching that game, it did not matter. I want them to win. I mean, hands down, I've, everybody here knows that. <laughs> but I was so excited just to watch the game. Just to be there, like, right. You know, it's just like one of the, it's that, it's that, uh, that Paul Rudd gif, like, you know, who would have thought and, and now I'm into it and now I need results because that's what I've felt. I, I I've gotten back into the mindset of like analyzing different plays, how things are happening, who's doing what, who's not doing what. So, and that to me is like the beauty of this whole thing, right? We get back. It's like riding a bike. We just get right back into it, right back into yeah. it. And that's, it that's felt, what happened this weekend. I was, I had to, I had to knock some rust off though. I, I kind of forgot what it was like to see what happened on the field and think about, okay, well, what are the ramifications here? What, you know, Paxton can't get out of the second inning. What does that mean? I had technical difficulties recording my first video thing uh, after the game on, on social. It was taking forever to upload and I forgot about that. Summer camp for all of us. Yeah. So, you know, there's things, there's things happening now, but I tell you, I settled in on my couch watching these games very nicely. And then I realized there's a three-year-old running around 
trying to distract me in every move. And I'm sitting there like, let's let's all just relax here, Kemp. This is the way that this world is going to happen from now on. I want you to know this. When the Yankees are on, daddy sits here. That's how we do this. So you need to make this decision, either running around or you're sitting with me. That lasted for three seconds. Yeah, it's been a long time since he last watched a meaningful baseball game. So he was... (laughs) So like he doesn't. 20%. He doesn't remember what like, happened two weeks ago. It was like fifteen percent of his life ago yeah. that he watched. He watched uh, uh, that game six in Houston. So he was probably acting much differently now than he was. Yeah, we're we're just not there with attention span yet. Finished. Not there with attention span yet. We'll get there. Well, you said you were just happy to see the game on. America was four million people watched that opening night game. That's the most regular season. Most viewed regular season game since twenty eleven. Yeah, which is to be expected. It does not surprise I'll be me. Be curious. Yeah be curious to see how those ratings sustain and if they do sustain uh, over the course of the 60 game season you know maybe overall we kind of talked about the expanded playoffs and and our initial thoughts on it um and for the yankees I, I i do think it takes some juice out of it but it might add whatever juice it takes out of it for the yankees it might add to the the red sox the indians the rangers those sort of uh, fringe bubble teams that their fans might be tuning in on September 19th because they're a game out when they would have been seven games out. Yes, they can they can push it as a playoff game. It, it feels different for the casual fan. It feels different in the hype videos that they make on Fox and on TBS and all these things. It's not a regular season game, so they can call it as such. So whatever, it is the, It is what it is. It doesn't uh, affect the Yankees in a way that is, is uh, it doesn't affect us as much. It only, it, it, only affects us? it only affects us in a way that, that you know the end of the regular season is not going to be the same as it would have been. I think, um, and, and who knows? Maybe it wouldn't have been. It doesn't matter. I'm not the here. The main way it'll affect us is that they're going to be hosting a team like the Red Sox or a team like the Indians for three games in the first round at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, that's the that's when it's going to be different. Otherwise, they would have gone straight to hopefully straight to the ALDS. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, again. We'll deal with that when when the time comes. Uh, I'm not I'm not here to bitch about that anymore. That was a uh, that was a knee jerk on on when they just told us that right before the game. It was it was annoying when they told us that. I'm not going to lie. Um, but then we got Jared the Cole starts. They can't throw <laughs> any more wrinkles. They can't throw yeah, any more wrinkles. I'm like, Jesus Christ! Come on, guys. Let's just leave. Let it. Let us soak in this a little bit before you throw another thing at us. For God's sakes. Um, but no, I'm look the Sunday night game or Saturday night game. I enjoyed that. I liked the fact that we had a night game on Saturday. Minus the result. Well, yeah, but the fact that it was a, a Saturday night game allowed us to do everything we were talking about. We talked about yeah. that in the scheduling. Like, let's get more night games on the weekend so that we can minus Sundays, but Friday, Saturday, you want night games so that you can do whatever you want during the summer. Watch the game at night. That was nice. Seven p.m. on a Saturday was nice. I I, I do wish that the midweek games were on at five thirty or six o'clock. Yeah. If I did, if I could pick I, I, Tuesday's game in Philly is a six o'clock start, and I think people are gonna freaking love that. Yeah, you're done with your work day, but you don't have to wait two more hours for first pitch. It's just an hour. You make dinner, you crack a beer, and you plop your ass on the couch, and boom, the game's on. And the best part, it's over by like nine twenty. Yeah, no, it's a great time. It is, I, and I and I hope that you know they can shift things. Even I think that there's there's some flexibility. Maybe the end of the season they start make they start making some earlier uh, earlier time frames because I'm sure they haven't locked into what those are as far as the no. you know, the, the first Maybe. pitch of the Ooh. end of the games. Well, just update the TV schedule. No one's going. It's true. These are the TV guide. Yeah. So let's talk about the the on field action. They they dropped the second game. One uh, nice come from behind win on Sunday to really save the weekend series. If you win your series, if you win the bulk of your series in a sixty-game season, you're going to be in first place. I think. In a in a regular so, in a in a hundred and sixty-two games, same that's same always premise the rule. goes. Yes, that's always the rule. But um, you know, specifically for this, um, because a longer losing streak is going to or a losing streak that maybe if you drop two series in a row in a one sixty-two, it's like yeah, you shrug it off. But in this, maybe you don't shrug it off. But it um, the Yankees got the breaks in this series, though. Soto gets COVID before for before the first game. So they their best offensive player is not playing. And then Strasburg gets scratched with a nerve issue before game two. And then instantly you're thinking, sweet, here we go. Don't have to face one of the best pitchers in baseball on Saturday. We got Paxton going. We didn't know he was, wasn't going to have his velocity, wasn't going to have his location, wasn't going to have his mechanics. 
But that was a huge break that the Yankees just were not able to take advantage of because Paxton sucked. What's crazy is that we we saw the massive contracts that were dished out, and Strasburg obviously got a, a, one of the one of the biggest ones. And the whole thing is like this guy just won the World Series, was dominant in the playoffs, MVP of the world, had Series. to had to get paid. Basically, you're either paying you're paying uh, you're paying somebody uh, on the uh, on the national side, and they chose to, to to pay Strasburg. He's the guy there, probably gonna have a statue. That's the that's the guy. But the injury history is so scary when it, you look at him and the amount of money and years that he got. So um, and it it just it immediately pops back up again. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a strange situation for him just because and and their fan base because you you see the massive money that they gave to him and uh, you just know it's he's he's really one pitch or one bad outing or one you know one little tingle in the in the wrist to be done like done done. He's he's that close, like he he's that 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 critical to being uh, to being done after you give a huge contract to. So it's a lot of eggs in in, in that basket with a an injury risk. Obviously, the upside is huge, but uh, the downside is also pretty big. Um, they they made him the highest paid pitcher in baseball for like seven days. Yeah, uh, but and, and then the other guy who got a, a massive contract uh, on the on the pitcher side the year before that was Patrick Corbin. Yankees didn't want to go and pay him, and he shoved the bass down our throat. Uh, the end was a three, he, he was six and a third. Was, it was in the seventh inning. Yeah, six and a third. He had seventy five pitches when he got pulled in the seventh yep. inning. I was like, thank you. Yeah, well, appreciate that. Eight strikeouts to the Saturday game with uh, Paxton. He Boone even said it after the game, where he said he didn't have his mid to high nineties velocity. His arm felt sluggish. He didn't have his location. But then he said, oh, no pain at all from Paxton. He's not feeling pain. It's just something he's going through. He's finding his me- mechanics. He is working through things that he said we were dealing with this towards the end of summer camp, which hasn't haven't gotten him there yet. And it's kind of frustrating that they went into a weekend series knowing that maybe not putting themselves in the best put situation when they have to use an opener on Sunday. They know they're using an opener on Sunday and they are already not expecting quality Paxton. On Saturday, yeah, because even if he's going well on on Saturday, he probably was going to have a a, a quick hook, right? I mean, they weren't going to push him very far if they knew things were going on with him. He wasn't totally right. They weren't going to push him, so that was a known quantity going into it. And then, yeah, he just couldn't locate. Guys were, um, you know, getting base knocks on him, and he was just having a hard time finding the plate. I mean, his he just wasn't throwing a ton of strikes. And when he was, um, they were getting they were getting hit around. He could get two strikes. They couldn't get strike three. Right. Well, he, and then he was he two strikes was too on, much contact. Like yeah, there was a lot of contact, and they were putting the ball in play. Uh, and then, uh, you know, in that second inning, obviously loaded the bases, and and your boy had to come in. Your boy it was like set up perfectly for you. He did a good job to get out of that jam. He saved the game for a little while, only allowing one run with the huge double play. And I thought King looked pretty good. Uh, he was living up to that Swiss Army knife. <laughs> prediction of mine that that home run he gave up though to uh who hit the home robles. Uh, I'm robles did that look like a jam shot off the bat i don't know it was enough contact to get out i don't know i just like you trying to say the balls the are juiced ju- obviously in here because i'm like no i mean we saw it all last year too it's just there's some swings and you're used to something for 30 years of watching baseball where a pitch is in a certain location a guy takes a swing that looks a certain way Okay, it's probably going to be like a medium deep fly ball down the left field line. Then all of a sudden it goes off the fall pole and it's like, oh, right. I have to buffer in an extra 30 feet. I forgot. 30 feet. That's a lot of feet when you're talking about a, uh, a buffer zone for for fly balls at this point. I Look, if I, it's 10 feet, that's the difference between a home run and an out. I think overall when I'm looking at what what, what my king did, I'm, I'm very – you know, I'm, I'm I'm bullish on on what he did and 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 how it was. I think they probably left him out there a little too long anyway. Um, but he came out and yeah, he got into trouble, had to get pulled. I think, but he went in into his fourth inning of work. So you get a guy who gets into his fourth inning of work um, that's not obviously expected to be out there. Good with me, like young guy coming up uh, against a very good lineup. I thought he did a good job. So I think that um, the Yankees obviously have a lot of trust in him, and they, you know, probably won't push him as far next time. But uh, you know, a two inning guy definitely could go in there, eat two innings, get into a third inning maybe. But that's going to be pushing it, I think. I mean, his defense, Gardner didn't help him, and then Voigt didn't help him at first base either. Right. I mean, all, if Gardner, this if was Gardner something all that- weekend. There was sloppy defense, as to be expected. I think you're right. gonna you're gonna but expect like, you some don't off expect play. That from Gardner. 
Gardner's like a machine out there in left field. Like he always makes the plays. So you expect him to make that sliding catch, which in my opinion was not that difficult. And then that Robles is a solo home run. Yeah. Well, you know, again, I, I'm talking, there's the, all the defense this weekend and even honestly the first week plus of of, uh, of baseball is probably not going to be great. There's probably going to be a lot of errors and and guys are just feeling it. I mean, LeMay, he was at first base today at the end of the game trying to, you know, pick a ball that looked like it was close to even not needing to be picked. It was the angles of the, the camera were weird. But he's not a first He's base. not a first baseman, but he's going over there for for defensive purposes at the end of the game. I'm sitting here like, okay. I mean, I know what he is. He's, he, he's LeMahieu. Like, I'm comfortable with him anywhere. It's fine, but... No, me too, but like, he is a second base. It's just funny so. how he gets moved over to first base, hasn't gone over there really, has been out for a long time, gets back in the game yesterday, and then now he's playing defensive replacement first base. I mean, that's that says something about... Who's playing first base if you're shifting him over? Because they wanted to get Tyler Wade in the game as well. That says something also about Voight. That's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. That's more. It's more the deficiency of the of the defensive players that were, you know, supposed to be slotted over there. So yeah, one run, one run lead late in a game. Voight and Ford are coming out. Yeah, and Lemayhu sliding over because because so is Andujar. No matter where he's playing, because Tyler Wade, Tyler Wade is probably and I. I, because of his quickness and speed, I would put him over LeMahieu, honestly. I think he's that good with the glove. And he gets to so many freaking balls. The kid's I mean, very, very LeMahieu good. LeMahieu is a, a platinum glove second baseman. That's fine. But you put Le, you put Wade out there for an entire season in, at either short or second. He's winning a gold glove. The kid's got a unbelievable glove. You are the glove. biggest... You that's his. That's the a, value, though. Like that's part of. That's such part of the. It's a huge part of why he's so valuable is because of the glove, and it translates to multiple positions. He gets the balls that nobody gets to at second base. I, I want to take a minute to like really try and figure out why you are so obsessed with Tyler Wade. Is it because he is such a rare player in today's game, and especially on the Yankees where they have Stanton and Judge and Boyd and Sanchez, these big burly guys who can hit the ball four hundred and fifty feet. And then you got little scrawny Tyler Wade, who's toolsy and speedy, and you're just like, oh, I like that. It's different because like no one else should be this obsessed with a util- uh, admittedly an intriguing utility player because of his speed. But like you have a raging hard on for Tyler. Wade. Yeah, but here's the deal: the different, the, the very the big difference is I don't want him starting games, so I don't know how far you can go with that. I think in his position, so and no, in the he's there for defense. Yes. And 10th inning, 10th inning, pinch runner. And bunting. Extra innings. And bunting. That's all I want. That's all I want. So I don't really know how, how people could say that it's it's that obsessive because it's very specific in why I like him. It's not, it, like, it's not it that I like the player works. over other players. I don't. I like the player in a certain position as the last guy on the bench who can go over there and give flexibility. And I'll tell you the reason why is, I mean, sim- very similar to why you, you, you made your prediction with uh, Mike King about he's a switch this uh, – this uh, Swiss, Swiss Army knife, Tyler Wade just adds so much flexibility to this team that it helps the team out immensely because of that flexibility. And I love that because now you're making everybody else better because you could just go in and play somewhere. Doesn't matter where, just go and you're going to be good. Was a small part of you rooting for extras on Sunday? Yeah. So you could, so we could see that how they do with the new rule. I was, I was kind of, when it was 2 2 in the eighth, I was like, all right, was give, like, me, oh? give me the 10th oh? inning. Just let me see. Uh, it. Like, I want to see it. Yeah. I actually, as soon as I saw, as soon as I, that first thought came in my mouth or in my brain, I was like, uh, I, I was thinking that Tyler Wade's already in a second base, so they can't pinch yeah. run him. So it would, he right. would have to come up in the and order at that point. Also, it'd be interesting because... Which can be scrutinized um, now. Did you see the Angels game, how the Angels game ended with Otani getting in that pickle? And it was their first game of the year against Oakland. The Angels. I heard about the pickle. I did uh, not they, see they the went, replay. They went to the 10th. They went to the 10th. And Otani was the last out in the previous inning, so he automatically goes to second. Of course, the, f- of course the first one is Joe Madden, by the way. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. He's just probably, He's like, he yes. probably told his team to, yes. he told his team to end it. <laughs> yeah. But but uh if, if it was Kevin Cash, it would be Joe Madden, Kevin Cash, like the Spider-Man. <laughs> just like, can we just just play extra inning rules the whole time? But Otani's quick, so they left him in there, but he got in a pickle trying to advance, and then, and then Oakland hit a grand slam. But but so say it's uh, the Yankees and they go to extras and Aaron Judge makes the last out. Are they pinch running Aaron Judge for Aaron Judge? Um, it, because then you lose his right field defense if you you know you you have to play at the bottom of the inning, right? I mean, I guess unless you're the home team. But if you're an away team, 
Are, Judge has to play right field. Are you saying so this you just because you don't want to risk like health because he's going to be out at second base? Is that is that why you're saying that, or because he's not no, as fast? No, no, be, no, because no, no. If Judge made the last out in the ninth, yeah. and then he's the guy who goes to second, but and Tyler Wade's not in the game. Tyler Wade could pinch run. Right. Do you want to take Judge out for Tyler Wade's speed? Like if it's Gary Sanchez, duh, you're taking him. If out. Judge is, if, if, Boyd, if you're taking him. If out. Judge is the but, last like, out, that means the if Judge is the last out, that means you have the meat of your order coming up. So yeah, I would probably get as much speed as possible on the base path because I'm trying so to win it right gonna, there. But that means stands up, but stands not bunting. No, but he could hit a base. So, I'm just saying, like I have confidence with that that part of the order. See, I don't think they're going to take out a guy like Lemayhew, a guy like Glaber, uh, who's Glaber's not a great base runner. Um, they're not, but he needs to play shortstop. They're not going to take out Lemayhew because they need his defense the next inning. They're not going to take out Judge because they think they want his defense the next and inning. Bat in case. And if the game. And if the game goes late, you want Judge in there. Um, probably not Geo because of Geo's defense, right? If you're the home team, it's different because you can walk it off. But if you're the away team, you have to play the bottom of the inning. Yeah, the, I think that's a big it. difference. I think you just nailed it. I think the situation is is definitely very important depending on if you're a home team or an away team. Because if you do have to go play defense or if you have the, the potential to go play defense, you got to um, you got to make sure that that's tightened up. And yeah, you're not going to be able to pinch hit guys or pinch run guys that that have to go out there and play defense the next if there's really not a great substitution at that point. I mean, I want I would wait, even if, even Tyler Wade's a great yeah, I think he's a good outfielder. I don't think he's a great outfielder, but I think he can play the outfield. I would still rather judge in the outfield than Tyler Wade in the outfield. Right. Yeah, I mean you could judge always judge plays, out, I think, right field. Say. Probably he's got the, you know a better feel for it. I think Wade's a better athlete. He's the best, he's the, he's the best right fielder in the game. Yeah, my that's I mean, yes, he's he's uh, he's a guy that you don't want taken out no, no matter what. But if you're the you home team and you're going for the Hicks win out, you don't want Gardner out like all those guys. Talkman's a better outfielder a, than I, if it were my team um, and I have, you know, three, four five coming up in the lineup. I'm getting my speed out there and I'm just going to win the game. So that's that's what I'm trying to do. See, it's it's funny that you say that because I almost feel like. I rather have Tyler Wade pinch running if Brett Gardner's up or if Gio Urshela's up because then it's just bunt, bunt, get him over. But if it's nobody can John bunt, Carlo, nobody can bunt, well, except for Tyler, John Carlo, except for Tyler Wade. Certainly. <laughs> oh shit! Can he bunt and pinch run at the same <laughs> yeah. time? It's like the it's like the um, the at home Olympics everybody's doing. They're throwing the ball up as high as you can and run to catch it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just don't think that if you have Stanton Voigt Sanchez coming up. <laughs> like you're hoping he hits he you're hoping Stanton does what he did on Saturday and hit a ball 480 feet to the I mean Stanton hit lasers at 120 Stanton miles was hitting lasers that were line drives in the gap as well so he was just making very good contact situation will tell me who's up what they've been doing you know what's there's there's definitely some situational things in play right there there's no doubt it's not an automatic yeah I'm substituting him but if I have Tyler Wade sitting on my bench ready to run and and I and I'm able to walk that off uh, you know, at Yankee Stadium with with a with my heart of the lineup coming up, there's a solid chance. I feel I feel good about that. I feel good about that. So, yeah, I mean, phenomenal base runner. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I, I I'm looking forward to. There's the also a fly ball. Like these guys are going to hit fly balls too. You don't have to bunt. You can hit a fly ball. All of those guys could hit two two fly balls wins the game. So there's a there's a big deal here when you're trying to go and you're doesn't matter if you're at home or if you're away. When you're talking about the bunt situation or just moving a runner over, a guy like Tyler Wade, deep fly ball to left field, stole my tag. <clears throat> um, I wanted to – so I, when I mentioned like, oh, Paxton probably wasn't going to have his best stuff anyway. They weren't going to have him go deep into the game. So you're kind of setting yourself up for a tough spot when you're already planning a bullpen opener day on Sunday and your starter for Saturday can't go that deep. Makes me question, like, why why not just pencil and hat for the third starter? I know they want to give Tanaka the number three starter job on his next turn. So Tanaka threw a sim game on Sunday. And uh, assuming everything's good, he's going to start Friday. But, like, what is why really the matter? difference? Right. What is really the difference? Just bump up half a day and then have Tanaka start the next day. It's like, I don't see... I don't, because, I don't, because I don't here's under, the thing. I, I don't get it. I don't get why they did this. When when the Yankees, when they're looking, I think we're going to see this a lot, honestly. I think we're going to look at some odd situations where, like you said, he, they, they may not 
expect much from Paxton there. And, and that Sunday game was going to be a bullpen game in some capacity. One, they're going to be moving this roster around. It's going to be the, the Scranton shuttle or whatever the hell it's called. It's going to be a, such a flex and fluid situation. People are up in arms about Clint Frazier. Like the, it's, it, they're manipulating this, the, the roster. To, what, were, what were people up in arms? I don't know. Fra- I don't know they if they were sent, up in arms. They got I, sent down today. I, they weren't up in arms. I exaggerated there. They were, <laughs> people are looking at it a little funky. Ah! <laughs> people were all Michael Pineda about it, but they, um, there's just going to be so much flexibility with this roster based on what's happening. If you need pitchers, if you don't need pitchers, if you need position players, who's injured, who got COVID, there's just going to be so much flux. Like people are going to be sent down who's and up injured? that, yeah, that, that don't who's on deserve first? it. Who's it's a, who's it's the new, who's on first, what's on second, who's injured, who got COVID. And I, and I think that when, when you're seeing guys like Hap, uh, not in there as well, it's not so much as that it's, that it's uh they want Tanaka to have the number three spot. But they're definitely lining these guys up for the next series, even. Or they're, you know, they're looking at different matchups, and maybe they think Hap has a better matchup. I think a lot of that is happening now. I think there's going to be a lot of overmanagement in um, when guys play and how they play, and I think that it's kind of warranted because this is such a weird new thing, trying to figure it out as we go. So I think we're going to see some some initial growing pains as far as how they're handling this short schedule as well. Well, I, I would think Hap would have a better matchup against the Nationals than against Philly, which he's going to pitch Monday night in Philly. Philly's a smaller ballpark, and then the Phillies have a more powerful offense. Yeah, Bryce, Bryce Harper, left-handed bat. Lefty-lefty matchup there. Didi's hitting bombs. Didi, like Didi April, left-handed April bat. April 2018 version. So so left-handed bats, you just you just gave me two exact reasons why I think that they want Jay Hap to be pitching in that game, is they want to try to neutralize the left-handed batting who has been driving in the runs. I think we're going to see a lot of that. And if you don't think that that was a consideration, you're crazy because I think it was. Whatever slight, like if a nerd can come up with like, oh, you get an extra millimeter of advantage by having Hap face the lefties in the Philly lineup. I feel like you could have gained more of an advantage by pitching depth over the weekend. So you don't believe in, you don't believe in analytics and nerds now? Is that what you're saying? I sometimes think they take it too far, and I've always been on that stance. So, but it's like it's day three of the season, and we're already having the Scranton shuttle fired up. It's like, yeah, they had that thing gassed and ready to go from day one. But yes, even in and even even though the rosters are thirty deep, yeah. Oh, it, it's even more reason for them to shuffle around everything. He's like, now I've now I've got extra guys I can shuffle around. I can get. I can get so many pitchers, like a bullpen day doesn't matter because I'm just going to send down the end of the bench, bring up three pitchers, two pitchers. What does it matter? So uh, knowing that they do this anyway in a normal 162, now it's a 60 and they're possibly going to be doing this even more. Why do you think they chose Scranton as the second site and not like like Trenton, Staten Island Yankees? Or Scranton, yeah, Staten Island, because no one wants to go to Staten Island, number one, two. That's a beautiful ballpark. The ballpark's great, I'm sure. The so they 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 post up at a hotel in Lower Manhattan. I'm just saying, I don't. The, I think the facilities are a big. I think that the facilities of Scranton, for whatever reason, they're they're was there, and it's not that. It's not like it's a, a horrible, you know, place to be as no, far as going back and forth. It's two hours. The logistics aren't that bad. It is two hours. Staten Island's thirty minutes. Maybe. Okay. Anyway, um, I thought that the the Sunday come from behind win was huge. Yeah. Um, you know, it would be exciting even in 162, but now that it's ma- magnified even more to be down in the hole against Corbin like that, where he looked like he was, you know, World Series game seven, Patrick Corbin, unhittable. And having an opener going out there, Loisica did what you they asked him to do, three innings a run. And then the game almost got away from them with David Hale and um uh, I forget who came in after. Adovino came, came in. in after. Chad Green totally, I think, changed the momentum by uh, you know quick quick innings. Chad Green overpowering, and it gave he was the back Yankees in those a two in, that two inning that two inning beauty that two inning power spot of uh, of Chad Green's that that we've, we've known well. How Girardi deployed him yes. in seventeen, and when he was maybe the best reliever. In two baseball, two innings, two days off. Two innings, two days off. Yeah. And once Chapman comes back, which um, I think uh, Meredith on the broadcast today said he's got to take one more negative test and he can come back. I think they have the bullpen depth to do that with Chad Green. Oh, for sure. They definitely, especially with the expanded rosters, they have they have a lot of 
Canley looked great today. I mean, uh, he was ch- change upping them to death. Like his change up was filthy. Yeah, it was nasty. It, he looked so good. I I love Tommy looks, Canley. He was throwing ninety seven. By the way, he was throwing ninety seven. Did he just do bicep curls the entire quarantine? I hope so. He was. He was. He looked thick. He looked good. He looked freaking good. Not Mike Ford thick. He looked thick. He <laughs> he um no that changeup is is absolutely deadly. And, and when he's got it going, the um the batters are in big trouble, especially with the intensity. When you when you have a guy like that who's just so freaking lunatic, such a lunatic out on the mound and and, and everywhere, else, yeah, he's just a complete psycho. You you don't expect the 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 changeup to be the to be like the out pitch, like to be the big pitch. You know, you're looking for that big fastball, which he does have. I mean, I the the um, velocity has even increased. I saw 97 on today on a gun uh, with him, but then you have that 97, and then you have that absolutely filthy changeup, tough to hit, man. He's uh, he's going to be a big piece of this. I loved it. I love seeing him he, pitching well. He pitched out of both him and Britain pitched out of tough situations because of the Yankees' defense. Glaber with the throwing error in the eighth, and then. Um, uh, Sanchez with the pass ball. pass ball in the ninth. That was just a lazy play. It was a la- you don't turn the ball bubble. just kept going, and he thought he had it rather than yeah. He tried to just you know there, he tried to go with the pitch. Just it, it, it was a very Gary Sanchez pass ball. Well, there's talk about his new catching stance, which was is supposed to give him improve more flexibility. his pitch frame. Yeah, improve his pitch frame. Right, but like I still think Gary Sanchez's biggest problem when it comes to pass balls. Is laziness. Yeah, but that's so. Look, I, I don't. I, I. I really. You know, I will be one to talk about Gary Sanchez pass balls all day. I have no problem with that. That one to me was like a wasn't laziness. It was more of a. Okay, I thought look, I was there. I, he thought he was right in the spot, and the ball just kept going. The ball was carrying further on him than he expected it to carry. He knows how the ball moves, and the ball I think just had extra juice on it and was just moving more. And I think it it, it just surprised him how much it moved. That's Zach Britton. Zach Britton's ball. I know, but like oh, you he just said, doesn't throw anything. The straight. the framing is part of his the strengths for for him. And when he's trying to do that, he can't turn the glove and frame it at that point. You need to catch that ball and keep it on the corner so that the uh, the umpire sees. The, the glove not moving, essentially. So that, I mean, he, he thought he had it. There's no doubt. So I think he was just a, I'm chalking I, that one up for, for first week of freaking baseball. Can I take back the word laziness yes, and call it would. more like, no, it, it's not It's laziness the first weekend the, after a listen, let me whack season. It's, it's a, it, the, I don't know what the word is, but it's like he takes his skills for granted and he's like, I got this, no problem. I don't have to turn my glove over to get it. I'm just going to catch it backhanded. I do think at some point that's not laziness. That's just like I'm Gary Sanchez. I've, I've done this in my sleep a billion times when it's just like, you know, turn the glove over and you catch it. No problem. To, to say it in a nice way, I, what I think you're trying to say is sometimes he believes in the muscle memory too much because I think that sometimes he gets to that point or he thinks he's yeah. getting to that point, whereas he's not totally fully concentrated on that point and making sure eyes to glove, eyes to ball to glove, making sure that ball is in. Sometimes the, like, there's a there's a, almost like a um, a, a lax in concentration sometimes where maybe he's looking somewhere else. That that said, week weekend one of, of what he's doing, and yes, this is a new stance. This is a new approach for certain things that he's doing. I got full pass on him. I, I'm I'm okay because they didn't full pass ball because they because they didn't lose because Bonifacio stupidly stole, tried to steal third flat out flat out because they didn't lose that's why i'm not saying anything about this if they lost this game well, and that and and he scored and stayed on the bag i probably got that's disingenuous i, I probably got, no that's extremely that's exactly that's exactly how i feel no you should be able to call a spade a spade and say that was a bad play by gary sanchez I, i'm not saying it was a good play i'm also saying first weekend i'm willing to give him a pass because they won if they didn't then I, yeah i'd be on his ass are you giving paxton a pass I don't even know what his deal is. Is he injured? Is he not? Is he the 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 velocity well, down? He's not in, they're saying he's not. Yeah, injured. they say that. It's just he's going through. So you know how pitchers in a normal season go through sluggish arm. Sure, he's going through a sluggish tired arm. Tired arm. Yeah, it's all those innings that he pitched in April, May, and June. Yeah, well, he's you know the the hip. It's got to make sure it's, it, it it fights. It, the hip was grabbing. If James Pax are you are you worried? Are you expecting a, a tweet that says the hip was grabbing, and then we're screwed? Fully, yeah. fully yeah. expecting. If James Paxton is injured after the back issue, I, I mean, what are we doing with this guy? No, there's like no way, no way you sign him. Oh, I, no, you can't. I don't care. If he goes down with an injury at any point this year and the rest of the year, 
You do not even talk to his agent, Boris, in the offseason. Breaking news. Oh, no. No, it's not on us. Verlander out for the year with an elbow injury. Oh, he had surgery in spring training. The first spring training, elbow injury. I wonder if that's career ending. It could be career ending for him. He's not young. He went to college. He was in college when I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> you old. Um, yeah, you old no, like dirt. That is, that that's not a good thing for that's, him. I mean, that makes the Astros. I don't even. I mean, they're a playoff team because everyone's a playoff team this year. But that's a big, they, that's a huge deal. They are so beatable now. Yeah, that's a. Sh- they have Zach Greinke and nothing in the rotation, and their oh, their offense is filthy still. But they have one. Maybe, maybe, pitch. maybe. Maybe not. I mean, maybe not. I still think their offense is good. Michael Brantley's good, but Michael, Br- their whole offense is good. But uh, that, I mean, that that's huge. <laughs> no one's going to be upset about the Astros. Look, yeah, exactly. I mean, you you're not going to get sympathies from me. It is, um, yeah, it sucks for his sucks for him. He's had a great career. I mean, it's also like a guy at the end of his career he's had a phenomenal career. Like, what am I supposed to do? Feel bad? It's yeah, it's I mean, unfortunate. When you it's said, unfortunate. Yeah, when no you one said wants it. No one, news. no one wants injuries. When you said breaking news, I was like, "Here's the James Paxson tweet yeah, we no, just." No, talked. I know. I was expecting it. I saw. <laughs> I saw some emojis, some some suspect emojis come out of our uh, BP chat, and uh, and that's when I had to start investigating. So, did you notice Didi did his post game yeah. emojis for the Phillies? I did. I did. Does so? Is it now? Do we think that potentially his handler is the one that's giving him pressure? The one that maybe it was Girardi who gave him pressure. Girardi. Maybe it was Girardi. <laughs> maybe Girardi's <laughs> the guy behind the emojis. Girardi's a huge uh, DD guy. Huge DD guy, big time. Um, and if you guys have not checked it out yet, I talked to Joe Giglio. He does Philly radio about the the uh, the Philly season. That episode came out on Friday. Now's the perfect time to listen to it because we're we're playing them the next four games. But he was sort of talking about expectations for DD in that episode, and also how Girardi had he's the, Joe, who I talked to, sky high expectations for Girardi. For Girardi, like. Yeah. yeah, like thanks because that- because they had Gabe Kapler, who was just like a yeah. new school guy that had no idea what he was doing, was not even aware of things were happening when you know, like pe- the wrong people were up, sending the wrong guys up to the bat, and then you get Joe Girardi, who's like a consummate pro, old school right, baseball yeah. guy, like does everything the right way. He's like more of like a military yeah. regiment. You have the talent, so you're like, if this guy can't get it, who can? I get right. it. I understand so- it. It makes sense. Yeah, so he's got um, Phillies fans in general have big time expectations for the Girardi regime. I, I mean, if I if I were a Phillies fan, I would probably feel the same way. When you go from one guy who's a, who's just not doesn't seem to organize and has no experience to a guy who's like insanely organized and has all of the experience, I mean, how can you not possibly love that when the talent is there? It's because the, that's clear. Yeah, we criticized Girardi for what I think was fair, but overall, I think he's a great manager. Yeah, I think he's a phenomenal manager. Yes, yeah, he he sticks too much to the, to a plan. That's that was our big thing with him, the yeah. binder, obviously. All right, guys, we got a new sponsor to the show, and this is actually one that I'm very excited about because I have been addicted to this site for a very long time. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things that you'd never expect at a price that you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every single day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. I know I have been on there with a lot of the electronics products. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every single time anything starts, it's at $0. And then it goes up from there every cent uh, when you when you bid every single time. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after 10 seconds. That means that every single time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is absolutely yours. It's absolutely addicting and it's fun and you can get some stuff very cheap. If you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering our listeners, the Bronx Pinstripe Show, an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. It's a great deal. The 100 free bids is something that I would definitely recommend doing. Go to dealdash.com and use the offer code Bronx20 or dealdash.fm slash Bronx20. That's D E A L D A S H dot fm dealdash.fm slash bronx 20 sports are back baby and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events major league baseball finally kicked off this week and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners bet online 
Check out all the odds, futures, and prop bets to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, Scott's boy, so maybe he should have been reading this copy, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Horry. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. We talked about the pregame ceremony that the Yankees and the Nationals did uh, before the Thursday night game. The national anthem during the national anthem on Saturday, Giancarlo and Hicks took a knee. And Boone was asked about it after the game, said I knew they were doing it. I talked to them. I fully support them and their their right to, you know, do that demonstration and what they believe in their hearts. Um, and he says the team supports them. Um, of course, people are mad. People are you cannot please everyone, which is it's just a reality, but like people are mad and we received emails. Okay. I'm not going to read the emails. I'm not going to say who they are because I don't want to spend too much time on this, but we received emails that were pissed that the Yankees took a knee and saying that they're done with baseball. And then we received separate emails from people, people angry, angry that Trump is throwing out the first pitch. So the Yankees have effectively angered both sides. There is no winning in today's world. Didn't he just cancel it? I think before we recorded, I thought I saw something about that. I didn't see that I think news. I, I thought I saw it. Did he cancel so. it? He probably is afraid he's going to bounce it, and it's bad for his look. You know what? I guess Mariano. I guess Mariano couldn't teach him the cutter at the White House. The other such day. a such a weird such a weird thing over there. I feel like Mar. I know Mariano's a Republican, which makes no sense, and I know Mariano's a Trump guy, which extra makes no sense. But I still, when I see the pictures of Mariano at the White House, I feel like he's trapped. Like someone has like has like drugged him or hypnotized him and dragged him to the White House. And all of a sudden, he's trying to teach Donald freaking Trump the cutter. It's just a strange picture. The, look, the whole thing, everybody everybody has their opinion about this and everybody's entitled to their own opinion. So um, I, I'm, I'm ready for baseball. If our guys are doing what they think is right, then then I'm fine with them trying to do whatever they think is right. I, it really, it does not bother me one way or the other. It's it's them expressing their opinions, expressing the way that they feel. And and guess what? That's what our country is all about. You can express that. Beautiful. Play well, let's, let's play some baseball. And they're going to do it. And they're going to, and, and I think they've, uh, I think that the Yankees have handled it just fine, uh, you know, to this point. I haven't, there's nothing, there's nothing that, is, that has rubbed me the wrong way, honestly. No. And I think the Yankees are, they're the biggest team. They're, they're the biggest American sports brand, arguably. And they have some of the biggest black players, like the biggest black talent in baseball. Yeah. Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton on the Yankees. And also, I mean, they have Aaron Hicks too. They had CC Sabathia, one of the most recognizable players. For them not to do anything, I think would be a mistake. Yeah, it's, it's, it's. <laughs> Look, man, this this whole this whole thing came to such a head that there there has to be people are talking about it. That's that's what they're doing. That's what that's what everybody um, feels that they should be doing, and that's and that's that's great for them. Like they should, everybody should do what they want to do. At the end of the day, right? Like everybody should do that. They should say the things that are on their mind. Don't hold them in one way or as another. As long as they're expressing themselves in a respectful and tasteful manner and for a good cause, which I think this is and what and how the Yankees handled it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It, it's in people my opinion, get into, and I know people in get opinion, too up in arms about other people's opinions. If it's against their opinion, if it's about some, uh, uh, something it, they don't feel the same way about, and we could go down a whole rabbit hole in this and I don't want to do this, but yeah, at the same I, time, I had to, I had to mention it. Though. Like you can't ignore that. That's the whole right. point. You can't ignore someone kneeling during the national anthem. These guys, these, that's these, why guys, they are, do it. these guys are doing it. This is not new. This is something that's already come out there. If they want to do it, say love you. It's fine. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're going to move on. How do you think the guys handled the social distancing rules? What do you mean? Well, according to the rule book, there's no high-fiving. There's no grab ass. There's, there's no, and they were is doing that it. in the rule? No grab ass? Can't grab ass. Um, there's a lot of close, close ha- hanging out during the game. Like a lot of it. Yeah, but like, 
Stanton hits the home run, and then Judge does the Bash brother. Like that's not allowed, but they do it. Yeah, I, that, that, that's exactly what I was expecting. To, they they were just going to okay, do it because but, that's what happens. So they're blatantly breaking the they're, rules. They're blatantly okay, and they're, I haven't, no, I, they're blatantly they're blatantly acknowledging that these rules are in place for, so that people can look at them and say, okay, they have rules. It's the I, I compared it before to the guy stepping out of the box, um, and, and not stepping out of the box and being able to step out of the box or not step out of the box because of the they're trying to speed up the game. Guess but, what? But everybody but stepped someone, out of the box. Nobody cared. But here's the difference: if someone steps out of the box, the worst thing that happens is the game takes five seconds longer. In theory, the worst thing that could happen if two guys high five and do grab ass, someone gets. There pulled. are so many situations where these guys are going to give it to each other anyway. That I just don't think that matters at this where they are. I agree, but then what's it in the rule book for? Exactly like I said, so it's there. I have not seen this. Um, I was, you know, I wasn't on Twitter maybe as much this uh, past couple of days as I, I would ordinarily be, like on a weeknight during the season. Has anyone been caught hawking loogies in right field? I've seen people tweet doing, about it, but I don't think there hasn't been anything that I've that I've uh, been aware of that's been. Like egregious or, or bad or anything, people are the guys the are still doing it. Made an appearance? Has the wet rag made an appearance? Yes, the wet rag is. I think is a great idea. I think they should do that anyway. Again, more control. Are they, are they testing more control? Are they testing the wet rag for substances. Probably not. More control for these guys if it's not some crazy substance that gives you a little bit of extra thing. Like having a little bit more control is not a bad thing. And we've talked about this in the past. Every batter that walks up to that batter's box on a hot, sweaty night where they can't get a good grip on a ball, wants that guy to have a good grip on the ball. <laughs> he does not want a ball in his ear. He wants the ball over the plate because pitchers, when they have a good grip, especially at that level, they're not missing the plate by much. They're going to be, the ball's going to be over the yeah, plate. What, and if, and if they, and if they let one go because it's a, you know, environmental issue and they, they can't get a very good grip on the ball, if that's a problem, then, then yeah, there might be one a ball that either slips out of somebody's hand or just gets away from a guy and not one batter on the face of this planet that has ever played in the major leagues will want that. So they have no problem with it. So there's been differing opinions. Players have had different opinions on this because we've heard players in the past say after the Michael Pineda pine tar incident, people said, I want a guy to have a good grip on the ball because like you, for all those reasons you just said, just put the pine tar on the mound and make it legal. But then on the flip side, you have, Trevor Bauer saying the only way to increase spin rate spin rate is pine tar. So what is it? Well, just pine tar. Is that what he said? He said pine tar is a way. Is a way. Remember when he called out the Astros for increasing yes. spin rate? And he said, I've increased my spin rate too with pine tar. Right. He's also in, in he's practice. also alluded to other substances that they've used as well. I sent you the But if pine tar can increase spin rate. Yes. That's a competitive advantage for a pitcher. No, yeah. So then that goes against what some batters have said. I want a guy to have extra control so I don't get drilled in the face. If, if it's a freezing day outside, if it's like 45 degrees and the guy's using pine tar to get a grip on the ball so the ball doesn't fly out, I, I would put a lot of money on to say that the spin rate on that night is probably not going to be increased as much as it would be on a, on a day in July. Okay, you may be a fake doctor. You're not a fake physics professor. I'm just go. I'm out here using common sense. Sorry, your your hands are still Why cold, would, and you're not able to get the, the the. It's it's still not the same grip. It's not it's not giving you the same the amount of tackiness. So the revolutions on a pitch might be less on a cold when day. the air is no, 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 thinner. No, 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 no. I'm thinner purely talking about grip and the the feeling of the hand. That's all I'm talking about because gotcha. your hands cold. So, on, but on a steamy yeah. july afternoon in the bronx 95 a lot degrees. of tackiness a lot of tackiness in that in that it's like you know sap well, you from a tree on that, but that you can wipe the back of your neck and get tackiness on a on a hot day not as the, much in the summer. apparently though that's what i'm that's that's where the, the things are that that's why and and sometimes on a hot day like that they want some uh a little bit of slickness that's why they go with the lotion that's why that's why clay bellinger or uh, clay bellinger uh clay buckholtz looked like he was you know all greased up ready to uh <laughs> ready, ready to. Sun, he, he used sun, sunscreen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked like he was coming out of you know one of the uh, one of the old school Vegas casinos. He's just a skis ball, like walking out, greased head to toe. His hair would be greasy, and it, it, like you would said, it'd be a forty five degree night, and it looked like he just took a shower. Yeah, dude. I mean, there was something suspect um, there. 
Any other? Do you have any other thoughts or takeaways from the opening weekend? I think one of the biggest things for for me is seeing Stanton in uh, playing the way he's playing right now. I, I know it's three games; it's not a lot of games, but is a is a big deal. It's a big deal because I think that he is such an important piece of this lineup and can set up different guys uh, in, in a way that he just hasn't because he hasn't been there. You know, I think when he's in the lineup, when he's a force. When pitchers know that they can't make a mistake against him, that's a big deal because he's going to walk a lot. As long as he's disciplined, he's going to walk a lot. Um, and and when when he's not walking and that ball's over the zone, you're going to see damage. And I think other guys are going to be able to, to to feed off of that because they're going to get more pitches. I think that's what's such a big yeah, deal it, in this lineup. When you have multiple guys that are on, like that's what that was so crazy about the murderer's row, the modern day murderer's row. When you have a, a Sanchez, a Judge, and a uh, a guy like Stanton, you just you 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 can't make mistakes to these guys because if you let one on, the next guy's going to let you. Ha- so you you can't let mistakes and you can't walk them either because now you're putting more runs on if that mistake were to happen. So it's a good it's a it's a phenomenal thing for the this lineup if he's on. I found their lineup construction to be a little interesting. I've had some takeaways from the the first three games. You know, one of them is that I think they may have lost some confidence in Gary Sanchez. He's batting lower in the order. He was batting behind Brett Gardner on opening night. He's batting seventh on uh in the second game and he didn't start the third game but he's batting behind Voigt and like I said Gardner in one instance and um on uh, behind Hicks too so you think maybe you know you said modern day, modern day murder you just right? said two. I want you to know you just said two guys that can bat left-handed as well in front of him just so so we're all on the same page here you said Hicks I get and Gardner Hicks and Gardner, I get who also I don't I don't get do you agree with that? It doesn't Gar- matter if I agree Gar- with it or not. We know that's going to happen. We know that they're going to go righty lefty, righty lefty. Well, no, because but then uh, I think when Lemayhew is starting and leading off, Gardner is the ninth hitter if he's starting. No questions asked. Okay. Uh, again, you're 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 missing the whole. I already know what's going to happen. Part of this because that's what they do. They okay, like to mix it you, up. Boone likes to mix it up. You're taking. You're taking. Then what's the point of doing a podcast if we can't talk about like what you think? I, should I, I've be already voiced that I don't care about the righty lefty stuff. Like that to me doesn't matter as much. It does not matter. But I know that Boone's going to do it because that's what he does on a given basis. So I, I feel the I don't feel the enragement when I see it. I am like, oh, expected that. I have expectations. My expectations are managed. So do you agree with my takeaway that they've lost a little confidence in Gary Sanchez because in 2018 he was hitting fourth. It went. Uh, I, I agree. When, when I agree with that. I, I agree with season, your takeaway. It went judge. It went judge and Sanchez fourth. And now two years later, after ups and downs and at bats, he looks like he's never swung a baseball bat in his life. He's now batting below guys, which two years ago he would be batting ahead of. Two years ago, he was he was one of the guys where you say doesn't matter, righty lefty. You have to put him up there because he's the best batter. Now there is definitely that gray area where he's shown a lot that he's, you know, ex- that he can get exposed and that he will, that he will not give you a good at bat. So yes, absolutely. I agree with you in that sense that, yeah. that he's not one of the definitive guys that needs to be up there when you're stacking righties. So that's why they mix it. And it just so happens but, that but he about, falls at that point because it's after a lefty. What about like Voight? Is he a no. guy? Doesn't matter. I expect him to lose a job in two weeks. So no, <laughs> to a lefty, well, but like to a lefty. What about? Um, I guess that's it. Really no, there's, that's it. The only guys that the guys that I need. You mean if Van Duhar starts, I want, I want LeMahieu, Van started I want Judge. I want Glaber, and I want Stanton. Those are the guys that I need at the top. That's it. I don't care what you do with the rest of the lineup. If Stanton starts to really feel it, and we we see you know vintage Stanton, 2017 Stanton when he was with the Marlins, bump him up to three. No, because you're now we're overanalyzing everything. Just it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as much. Just keep them where they are. It's fine. Three, four, um, doesn't matter. Miggy, Miggy got in the lineup left field yes. today. Taken out for defensive purposes, but he got a start. Um, if he starts to hit, like we know Miggy can hit, is he a guy? Doesn't matter for you? Yeah. Doesn't matter, lefty, righty? Get him up? No, no, no. That, oh, no, no. I'm not, I would not put him in that in that ilk. No, I would not put him in that in that position. He would have to be on a, a so tour. Just those, the four if, guys if he's, that, the four guys. If Miggy's hot, if Miggy's on a hot streak, then yeah, I want him. I want him higher in the lineup because I think when he's on, you're going to see a hell of a lot of bat to ball. So, so yeah, I think if he's rolling, then that's that's something to think about. But um, I want my best guys up for sure. 
Because the lefties don't make as much of a difference in our lineup. That's the problem. That's the difference. The difference is that you don't have a standout lefty that makes that difference where you have to do that, right? You're purely doing it for... Yeah. Yeah. You're you're purely doing it so that you have the ability to um, affect the other team's side and and how they pitch. I think that's one of the biggest reasons, especially now because new guys are coming in. You're going to make them think a little bit who on who they're who they're bringing in based based on the um, based on the matchup. It's a strategy play at that point. Do you have a date in mind when Mike Ford's going to take? You know, over? I put well, I tweeted out yesterday. I said three weeks. Voy hit a home run today. I was expecting a flurry of tweets back. <laughs> uh, I got a few. But you know, one game, one one hit. I just I think that if he's given the opportunity, I mean, it was a huge a home run. run. Don't, don't get me game. wrong; I love it. I want him to hit home runs. I, I would, I'm fine if I'm wrong here. It is. I just this. Would you rather this is what be I feel right is going to happen? Keep the what? Would you rather be right or have Voight succeed? If Voight succeeding, if Voight, if I'm wrong, that means Voight's doing very well, which means there's production out of first base. Good with it. Totally fine with it. I just see yeah. Mike Ford being one of these guys that's going to be if he just. He seems he he's hit a lot, and, and whenever he comes up in a pinch hit situation, he hits. And maybe that's going to go against uh, my my argument here because they want to keep him in situations like that. But then again, what are we doing? Uh, we've seen him when he's up; he's he's uh, succeeded in the opportunities. If Voight's not doing well, then they're going to have to give him this opportunity. And it's a matter of him taking advantage of it or not. I just expect it. I think he's going to become a better player. That's all. That's what I see. And then I see comparable. Couple a, a stretch run. You get a long, you get a, a week and a half, two week run of Voight struggling, and and then all of a sudden um, we see Ford hit a nice stretch. Now we're even, right? We're almost on even playing field because Voight's not cemented as the first base guy. He's not. If there's a, if there's a week and a half lapse, two weeks, short season, and then Ford comes in has a few good games in a row, they're not taking him out. Well, that's the thing. It's like, do you let? I just think the leash is short there. Ordinarily, ordinarily, a guy goes into a, a an eleven game slump, a twelve game slump. You let him work his way out of it. It's one hundred sixty two. Do you even let it get to twelve games now? Or at game five, if he's an offer, you pull him. Not you're not going to pull Judge, but you pull Voight if he's an offer after five games. When maybe in one sixty two, you let him go a week and a half. Two. I weeks think. I think you get. Gi- I think himself. you give him that that find yourself rest. A little earlier than you normally would. The leash is definitely not as long. And then when you're looking at the two players, and this is why I think that there's a good chance here, as long as Ford hits, I mean, all of this is contingent on Ford taking advantage of an opportunity. Right. Ford right. has to take advantage of that opportunity when he does get that call when Voight is struggling and Ford now gets maybe two to three games consecutively. He starts hitting in those two to three games. Now you have a situation that you have two guys, one lefty, one righty. We know that they love doing that. Uh, that are that are relatively comparable players because they are pretty close to each other as far as skill level, defensively, offensively, very close players. One of them bats left-handed, one of them bats right-handed. Um, and so I think the, the the hot guy is going to play. The attractive guy? I mean, some 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 like it thick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right, last thing I want to talk about is the Mookie Betts extension, 12 years, 365 with the Dodgers. That's a 30.4 AAV. Um I had a good conversation with with Chad Jennings about this extension. That episode will be out this week, so so definitely check that out. The question I want to ask, though, I want to talk to you about: Can this tell us anything about Judge's future contract? Um, yeah, oh, maybe a little bit. I I, I still think he's got to show durability. He's got to show durability because the twelve years is where the AAV is. Well, he's also. He's older, isn't he? Older than? No, he's not older. Than I think they're they're very I'm close. To the same age. I'm gonna look up that. Look, I, I think the AAV is gonna be pretty close. I don't think the AAV is gonna change a hell of a lot. That that's where that it's the the amount of years that's gonna happen. So I think the contract's gonna be um, per per year going to be something crazy if the years aren't there. If if he's not getting the, you know the, if he doesn't expect to get years on the market, then they're gonna bump it up and they're gonna pay him a ton of money. Judges a year older. Okay. Um. But he's got to show durability. I mean, Mookie Betts is a yeah. different type of player, a very different type of player, and a guy that does not—he'll he, play. He plays a lot. But the production—the production is similar. But the but the uh, makeup of the player is very different, and I think that plays when you're looking at long-term contracts and you're investing a ton of money in a guy. Um, you're you're getting good defense from Mookie Betts, getting great offense from Mookie Betts. Uh, so yeah, I think the AAV is pretty close. Probably going to be up there. I think Judge is going to be one of the top AAV guys. Like. 
I, I think that's that's unless something happens injury wise, which knock on wood, nothing happens, he's going to be up there. It's just a matter of he's getting an eight year contract, a ten year contract, a twelve year contract, and and the way things are progressing in these with with these contracts have been the last year and a half with Strasburg even as well, like setting a precedent for a guy who's pretty injured. I know he came off of a World Series, but who knows what happens? I still think I th- well, his contract going to be huge. After- so. But the, the, everything could be different with free agency after the upcoming labor That's negotiations. True. That could throw a whole monkey into the situation, definitely. Yeah, I think it does tell us that around 30 AAV for Judge is just a matter of years. Um, and there might be some – he might find himself in some options. Yeah, I could see that. Some very lucrative options probably too. And and Yeah, like like it's a five-year guaranteed deal, but – you know, we could pick it up for two extra years, you know, if you stay healthy, basically. Yeah, there'll be, you could pick it up. You it'll be, a, it it'll or, be a you know, player. It'll be a player. Op. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, player 35 million option or something like that. Well, yeah. So the, I, I think that it is, it'll be, or, or it would have to be, it would have to be sorry. a player doing that. Would be be like, yeah, I could suck. It would have to be a vesting. It would have, it would to, be have to be a vesting option, option of some, of some based, sort. based on. It would probably be based on just games played or played appearances. It would, be, yeah, most likely. It would be very something. It probably wouldn't even be tied around production. You're right. It probably just you're on the field. We we know you can Time do on this. Field. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be pretty close in the in the dollars range as far as AAV. That's where I think we should, we could be looking with him. Cool. Big contract. Um, like it came really. I mean, it came on the on the heels of David Price opting out for the season. You look at that trade. Obviously, David Price isn't there. Mookie Betts comes out, signs this big contract. Now that. I mean that that lineup is stupid. That, that's a dumb lineup mm-hmm. over there, and they got pitching as well, even without David Price. So I mean, who knows what Clay Kershaw is? He's still battling a back injury. Yeah, yeah. but um, they have a, a very. I mean, they're still the clear favorites in the National for League. sure. They have they have a a very good team. So um, it's a huge huge ad. Um, the uh, so we're that you know first weekend it was weird because they're off day on Friday, but now we're locked in. Every day this week they're playing. Yeah, let's go. We've got Philly home and away. Little uh little home and away series and back away, to yeah. back. Uh, yep. We're gonna be releasing more of our preview episodes. Scott, I know you already talked to uh Toronto and Tampa. Yep. I've talked to Baltimore and the Red Sox, and we've got some other National League teams coming uh in the near future. Any last words? No, man, I'm just excited. This is awesome. This was a great, great series win against the, uh, you know, the the reigning champions at their at their without, home park without their best offensive player in the second second pitcher. But yeah, yeah, and and you know, raging the raging. <laughs> Come on, the, I, you know me. I could I couldn't I couldn't not. I like it, it on paper. <laughs> and then the raging fans and you know, big home field advantage there too. Oh, so I was listening to John and Sue. Oh yeah, we uh, need to talk about the sound a little bit real quick before we before we end. I was listening to John Susan and, and they were bitching about the fake crowd they because they're at Yankee Stadium in separate rooms. Susan must have said three different times, "What is that noise coming from?" And then John goes, "Must be all the fans in Washington." Ho ho ho! They were not happy about the fake crowd. And at one point, he couldn't; his screen no longer showed the balls and strikes. Jack Maldonado, where are the balls and strikes? Why doesn't my monitor have balls and strikes? I don't know what the balls and strikes are. The monitor I'm supposed to see balls and strikes is all the There's way over there. There's nobody in his room. Nobody's in strikes. there with him, and he, you know, he he needs his guys. Um, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting scenario the whole time. Like four pitches went by with him just complaining he didn't have the balls and strikes, and he just didn't mention the pitches. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a shit show probably all season long. He's gonna get so fed up. The crowd noise. So I, I said this to you before we started recording, but the the crowd noise itself, like the actual hum of the noise in in a uh, you know the downtime and just like every pitch, the noise that's being pumped in normally. I I I will admit that I looked down. Uh, I forgot about it for a little bit, like because the hum sounds pretty. The buzz sounds like decent, you know. At least the I have so my my surround system. I think everybody's speakers. Depending on where you're listening, I think also it, it matters because of the way the sound is coming in, because of the, the 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 type of sound that's coming in as well. I actually think this does matter. If you have any kind of a surround sound system, I think that will make it for a different experience where if it's coming from your television straight in front of you. The way that it is coming out, I think is is uh, is different because it's all digital, right? It's not real sound. It's digital sound. So that does change things a little bit. I thought it was fine. It's when they when there's action. I have no idea what's happening. And you and usually you can like, you know, I'm grabbing some peanuts or I'm looking down, like Kemp's asking me a question. I hear 
a roar and so I look up and I like I know what's happening either because I'm aware of the situation. Yankees are up, Yankees are pitching, whatever. No idea what's happening at this point. I've looked up a couple of times. Uh, there was one uh, home run to say, I forget who hit it. I looked up, silence. Guy's rounding second base. I'm like, okay, guess there was a home run hit. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. just, it's it's strange. I don't, and I, I, I predicted that I wouldn't like that part of it. The hum, the white noise, you know, I sleep with a fan every night. I, I, I'm fine with white well, the, noise. The white, the white noise also probably helps the players, but the players don't give a shit if it goes up or down when there's a strikeout or a home no. run. They just want the hum in the background. And frankly, if you can't nail it for Don't the TV it. viewers, just just keep the yeah. hum. Or how about this? How about we get some actual reactions and let's get let's just get some uh, some mic'd up. Why don't we delay everything 10 seconds and mic up the dugout at just like a general dugout mic so that we can hear the 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 the, the um the, those guys go nuts. At least we'll get some emotion. Yeah. I mean yeah, but you're going to get some stuff baseball doesn't want exactly. out there. Exactly. That's why you that's why you uh, you put a delay on there. So it's just everything's muted. It's not that bad. It at least will give us an idea of what's happening. Put the shit on HBO yeah. and let's just open it up. <laughs> okay. MLB TV after yeah, dark. Uh, that would be great. That would be that would be amazing entertainment, to tell you the truth. MLB TV MA. Yeah, it's real ballpark an noises. Extra, an extra charge. Guess what? You hear you, you hear curse words at ballparks. You get to hear all the F bombs yeah. and the uh, probably some nasty thing trash talk fine stuff. good give it to, give it all to me i want it all cool all right that's it we'll be back talking to you on thursday hey guys thanks for listening to the bronx pinstripe show make sure you find us on itunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone if you do like the show we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in itunes it really helps us out and allows us to create more shows we're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.